LA Talk 1580. Good morning and God bless. I'm Dominique DePrima. This show is called First Things First. My first thing every single day, giving thanks, giving praises, asking for blessings from God, asking for the blessings of the ancestors and the elders and keeping it moving. I think uh, Sahara said it's All Saints Day today, so happy that. Um, if you're celebrating that, uh, you know what we do. Hour one, we typically look local. What's going on here in the Southern California region, left coast, Cali, and this whole side of town. Hour two, we go national, international, and beyond. And in the third hour, we typically do a deep dive with a person of interest or a hot topic uh, for you. And today we're sticking to that formula. Actually, um, as usual, you are invited in every single hour. Uh, love to have you on uh, with us. 800-920-1580. 800-920-1580. That's the number to call. This is supposed to be, this is meant to be conversation. It's meant to be a dialogue, not a monologue. So uh, please feel free to call me. I am uh, speaking on the third hour of the show with Dr. Diane Terry, uh, knows quite a bit about the system of incarceration. She's a researcher and deals with um, uh, what's going on in our mental health and wellness situation throughout the state of California as well. So that should be quite a conversation. It's also a Wealth Building Wednesday, so you meet a black-owned business uh, or a socially innovative business in our second hour. But right now, I'm super excited to have someone I've been hearing and hearing and hearing about, but finally got in front of this microphone. Uh, she's a South L.A. native, a human capital builder, a frontline activist for healing and empowerment in underserved black communities. Back in 2019, she organized 
the Nipsey Hussle-inspired Peace March at Slauson and Crenshaw for L.A. gangs, and that resulted in uniting over 500 uh, different uh, people from all different communities, over 40 different gangs. She was recognized in 2020 as an ambassador of the city of Los Angeles for her street outreach work in violence prevention. Latanya Ward, welcome. Hello. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. I know the bio is a lot that you're like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> Just doing what I do. Right. Well, um, look, uh, I'm, I'm glad you're here. And I'm glad, you know, I'm really grateful for the work you're doing. Uh, even you. though I might not track it block by block and day by day. I, you know, as a early adapter in the in the peace movement, the urban peace movement, I know what a difference the kind of work that you're doing does. Hmm. Thank you. Yeah. It's, you know, it, it, it benefits everyone, not just, you know, those communities. And so I feel like folks that live, you know, on the West Side and other places should hmm. be a little more grateful. But anyways, tell me about your organization and your mission. Uh, we are responsible for one another. W where does that come from? It w and, and, and where does your desire your passion to do this work because you have to have passion it's hard right. Right. where does that come from uh, well I come from a background of gangs I'm a gang member you know I, I, gang, I gang bang a lot differently nowadays <laughs> but <laughs> <clears throat> yeah in Warfo we are responsible for one another um it it comes from simply like what I believe it is gonna take to get to another level a heightened level in the city so that's where the the name comes from but our mission is that we are a healing violence prevention education and now a workforce development hub and what i what i aim to create with my partner i have a partner her name is raven morgan but what we aim to do is to be literally a go-to for people that are locked out of a lot, a lot of other systems, you know, for them to be able to come and experience healing. We, we, our number one service, the nucleus of Warfo are the healing circles. That's the dialogue. That's where we implement a lot of the education. Her and I go out and learn a bunch of different healing modalities and we just basically blackify the conversation mm. and speak, tailor it to who we're, speaking to which our target population is black gang members and system impacted people system impacted people is an is a smart way of saying people that have been in, incarcerated people that have been on probation that yeah. have been in juvenile detention or any kind of piece of that prison industrial complex right, right? correct um Tell me about the healing circles. I remember when I did, I went through Jim Brown's Amer I Can mm -hmm. curriculum with my bonus daughter. Mm -hmm. I think we were the only ones not system impacted mm -hmm. in uh, my class mm -hmm. when we did that. But we did something like a healing. So I don't know, you know, what does that consist of? Like we we do the curriculum, we'd sit in a circle, we'd share feelings, we'd build on each other's feelings, and we'd learn life skills. Mm -hmm. So it's life skills, it's a dialogue, and it's team-building activities. And before people leave, they leave with a tool to de-stress that they can take ah. outside of the healing circle. Um, we share systemic, civic, 
historical information so that we can see in large part where a lot of our traumas stem from. We like to deal in root cause analysis. I love that. So it goes beyond life skills into sort of a mm, global understanding of, of, you know, where we are in the world. Right. And we do a lot of a lot of mindfulness. Um, we begin teaching the theory of mind and explaining to people, you know, how we intake information so that from that place, you know, people can introduce themselves to themselves. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, so much to unpack in what you said. Uh, you said you're a gang member. You didn't say I'm a former gang member. It's interesting to me because, you know, when we talk about the conversation of criminalizing behavior over identity and this idea that people are going to represent the communities that they're from, regardless of how they're showing up. Uh, you said you gangbang differently these days. Explain to me why you make that choice instead of saying an ex or I'm a former and, you know, in, 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 in your work. Because my understanding or what I believe is that I, I am still a member of this game. I just, you know, I'm not gang banging in the the way that people would describe gang banging. You know, I'm not in the streets doing anything to anybody. And I've figured out that I can be proud of where I come from without, I can represent where I come from without disrespecting where somebody else comes from. So, yeah, I figured that out. So that's why I can still say that I'm a gang member. See, to me, that's next level. Because when you, if you want people to build their community or human capital building, as you call it, I don't think it's very realistic to ask people to say, stop being who you are, stop being where you're from, and come do whatever, like, corny thing I'm telling you to do. Like, Mm -hmm. you, for people to get to keep their community, keep, where they're from and just change their intention to me that just makes a lot more sense Mm -hmm. I don't think it's necessary for me to um you know in a sense like leave behind where I come from I just I don't I don't buy into that um does your experience and or research data show you that you know what I've seen um, full disclosure I was formerly married to the uh, head of grid so I used to see a lot of uh, data and stuff and one of the things that surprised me even me as having been you know a, a supporter of peace movements is that only two or three percent of people involved in gangs are actually doing uh, violent crime Mm-hmm. Is that what your data shows you, or your experience? That's what shows my you? experience, yeah, shows me. It's it is a a sprinkle of people in any given hood that are actually, you know, that as active as they portray right. gangs to be. So, what does that mean to you? I I mean I believe even the people who are. You know, I mean, because a a lot of times people still participate just in things that are not healthy. I just really like to focus on, like I said, the root cause of it. Right. 
And the those behaviors don't only result in violence. It's just choosing to be in an environment that is not productive or, you know, moving moving my life forward. So that's why I focus on, you know, just talking. The ho- My whole program, for the most part, well, our whole program, Raven and I, is questions. We just ask thought-provoking questions. You can answer it aloud if you want to or not. But it's no way for you to be in a space and talking about things like that and not be penetrated as a human. Now, whether you act on it or utilize it or not is, you know, another thing. But Yeah, and and, and I feel like a lot of times those things are, you know, releasing themselves into your system over time. You might not act on it today. You might mm-hmm. act on it tomorrow. You might act on it in a month or two. Right. I want to, um, when we come forward, I want to go back to the healing circles mm-hmm. and uh, and find out about, about some of those tools that you're talking about. People walk away with tools to de-stress themselves. And uh, reminds me, when I did take the American course, how I went there for my bonus daughter who was struggling, but I think I got more help <laughs> than she did. <laughs> right. You're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. More of First Things First with Dominique DePrima when we come forward. Your favorite morning show host. Let's get back to Dominique DePrima right now. Right now. Uh, we're talking with Latanya Ward. She is an activist, uh, healer, human capital builder. What does that mean? It means that I am not healing anyone as a healing circle facilitator that I am aware that the main ingredient is for the person to adhere to what we're working on. So that means they heal themselves. All the pieces are there and I just help assist people in putting them together. Now, you know, you reference your own background and, you know, growing up as a kid to a woman, um, as a gang member, Mm -hmm. what, change shifted you um to the way you're showing up now with healing circles and uh war for which is we are responsible for one another one another mm-hmm. uh and in the work that you're doing which you know takes dedication and i think it was exposure i think that's maybe the the biggest piece one of the biggest pieces to you know the n- two folks not elevating is the lack of exposure to alternative ways of being and thinking. And I think that little by little, I was exposed to self-help groups. And then that led me to going to school for hypnotherapy. And then from that, me wanting to double back and figure out a way that I could share, you know, to my homies, what it was that I, I was learning. Um, it made me think about community. And so then I went to school for community planning and economic development, but it starts with being exposed. Someone who um, can see past the exterior or the presentation and say, Hey, I think you should know about this or, Hey, have you checked this out? Or, you know, just sharing and exposing me to something different. And, and where did that exposure come from? So I, initially it started with the urban league i went to the urban league to the ela the emerging leaders academy and i had someone in my personal life that would constantly talk about the law of attraction and 
you know, just mindfulness. And so once I heard it again, I was slightly familiar with it. And I went. Uh, an ex-boyfriend of mine, he was taking the class. And he would come home and he would talk about the things they were talking about. He was talking about the power of language. And I'm thinking, like, the power of language creating my world with my words and being careful with that because I have to live in them and things like that. It just... It was interesting to me because where I come from, I don't feel like people have a lot of control. The toughest of my older homies, um, you know, when the police pull up, it's, you know, you you don't have control. I just saw such a lack of control. And so to hear that I could get control from myself, from words, I just was interested in learning a little more about that. And so I took the class. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's about control, autonomy, agency, right? And did you, as you started studying and stuff, did you notice more agency, more control, as you put it, in your life? Definitely. One, some of the first things they they spoke to us about was self-efficacy and self and self-actualization. Things that I'm sorry, I got a, a bad cursing problem, <laughs> so I'm over here restrained. You know, it's crazy because I, I do too, but I, I I think when I see this mic, you know, I know it's it's old fashioned radio and can't anyway. no can't no mic stop me. Yeah, but, know, but, yeah, I, I but I'm trying. I know I'm I appreciate I appreciate the effort. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but um. I forgot what I was saying. You were talking about self-efficacy. Yeah, they were. Te- those were some of the first things that they taught us about. So it had me diving deep just about my own, you know, battles or insecurities and working on them and, and my self-talk and all of that. And it just, it, it spread like wildfire. And then, of course, when you learn a good thing, it's like Eureka. I've discovered fire. You want to tell people. <laughs> I want to tell people. Mm-hmm. I watch a good movie. I want to tell somebody about it, let right. alone something that changed my life. And now I have like this theory of change model that helped me. Yeah, I want to share it. I'm going to create a whole program and share it with my people. That's dope. But somehow you were identified as a young leader to be in that program, right? Yeah. So what 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 led to that? <laughs> to... I mean, the Urban League didn't you didn't just walk around and say "eeny meeny might like it was like there was a reason you were doing something in your community. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had some kind of, you know, talent, charisma, something going on. Yeah, they. You know what they did a, a, I guess an activity, and they were talking about people were complaining like, "Oh, I was late because," and and the instructor said, "Y'all need problems worth y'all lives." So he made us write out you know, what would be worth our lives. We had to write out like our top five things we cared about. And I believe, I think mine was self, God, and community, even in. But I really wanted to say my hood, but I just put community. <laughs> it's the same but, thing. Right, right. It's the exact same thing. But <laughs> yeah, and I and then we had to stick with those and, you know, make sure that what we do it's conducive to those core values of ours. And I think that that just jump-started me. I'm like, I want to create a resource center. This was way in 2012. 
And wow. then someone told me about they were they were offering hypnotherapy sessions there through Mary Sargent, who is my mentor. She like my sister. She a white lady though, but she's still she my sister. But she gamed me up, took me through the program. I ain't even gonna lie, I got kicked out of hypnotherapy school because I wouldn't I was being too ethnic for them. I wouldn't take my baseball cap off one day mm, and wow. like yeah. But you but you still got what you needed from it? Very much so. And then I'm I'm up under her I've learned so much about neuro linguistic programming. I implement any and everything that I've ever learned in our healing circles. So back to the healing circles. Um, what uh, what's the purpose and in, in, in share if you would share I'm sure you've got many 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 uh, but an example of some of the stress tools that you teach folks so Dr. Cheryl Grills who is uh, who's been mentoring me since 2019 um, in these because it's we're a part of a coalition called the South LA Healing Circles um Warfo, APUU, TRP, the Reverence Project over there with Akila and Oya Shirels, um, THC, the Healing Circle with Josh. Um, yeah, and we are a part of it. Tech and Call used to be a part of it too. Let me see if I could bring him back. But we're a part of a coalition and she teaches the emotional emancipation. So, um, and we're reworking the curriculum now because we've been doing it for a few years and through our experience implementing the healing circles, we're going to come back and like revise the, the curriculum. And they, they are so open, like instead of, you know, gatekeeping and like, no, this is our creation. They just let us do our thing. The curriculum already allows for like personality to exist in it. Where different <laughs> healing circle, healing instructors can healing circle facilitators can, you know, it's this, each circle is different. You know, that's rare. That you can do that. But she the the tools, a lot of the tools come from her. Dr. Cheryl Grills at Loyola Marymount, who's also a member of the California Reparations Task Force, uh, is a a psychologist, but she's also uh, very much an activist. Mm hmm. (laughs) So, okay, we got a little over a minute before news, traffic and sports we will continue on the other side. Uh, An example of a of a stress technique that I might use or Um, anyone listening might use. My favorite one is one called lotion where, um, because it's something that I can do in public that people won't look at me like I'm crazy. Like what's wrong with her or what is she doing is basically just rub your arms and it's in your, it's mostly, you know, in your thoughts that you may say, you know, I'm here. You might have a triggering moment. Um, and you can remind yourself that you're here and you made it and or I belong here. But you rub like you rubbing lotion on. You could just do your hands. You can be sitting down. You can do your legs. But to bring you into the present moment and bring self-soothe. you into the present self soothe. Exactly. Mm. But it's called lotion. What? Like this? <laughs> Evil. If no, you're on the YouTube. Yeah, right now I'm on my Halloween. Well, I have on. <laughs> I have on a blazer, so I can't go too much into the arms. But, yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. The ground oneself. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's just something small mm-hmm. that can yeah. tr- that can shift the energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of the other ones is grounding. If I can get to it, think of the most happiest moment in my life. Once I get to the height of remembering that, I can squeeze right here and anchor it. 
Squeeze right here is between the thumb and the index finger, right. by the way. If you squeeze hard right there, it really hurts. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> right. Latanya Ward is my guest. You're welcome to join the conversation if you have got questions or ideas. 809-2015. KBLA Talk 1580. She's reclaiming her time on KBLA Talk 1580. More First Things First with Dominique DePrima when we come forward. Thanks for waking up with Dominique DePrima on KBLA Talk 1580. Yes, indeed. A lot of good conversation going on around here. You're welcome to join in. 800-920-1580. Latanya Ward is my guest. I was trying to, you know, during the break, recruit you to um, check in with us from time to time and give us your thoughts on some of the things going on in Southern California. Um, Right now, we're talking about the work you're doing, and I know that we've spoken on those healing circles, but anyone can come, right? Yes. Well, so it's black-centered. Okay. So non-gang members, non-system impacted people can come. Um, We will eventually open it up. Possibly, it's been conversation between Raven and I, very apprehensive and reluctant but opening the space up to non-black people um, as long as they know that the purpose is to center the black experience. But we're not ready for that yet. So so where? how would people find out or where would they go to, to join? Instagram. Instagram, we are Gut Healing Circle. G-U-T-T-H-E-A-L-I-N-G-C-I-R-C-L-E which stands for Gaining Unity Through Transformation. Gut uh, Healing Circle. It's all on Instagram. Everything's happening on Instagram. (laughs) When am I going to get that through my head? Right. So if I want to go to a healing circle, I go to Instagram, Mm -hmm. um, Gut Healing Circle, and it'll tell me when and where and all that. Right now we are at Jim Gilliam Park in Baldwin Village. It is every Saturday, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Okay, I'm going to have to get in there. Um, and then, you know, talk to me about how you, how you fund this. Um, everyone has been, even on, when I posted you on Instagram, somebody said, uh, Dr. Abdullah was like, oh yeah, ask her about that banana pudding. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We, we, so I have a specialty dessert business, a mobile specialty dessert business called Filthy Rich Banana Pudding. And I initially started that because social the social justice realm does not always pay the best, especially when we're talking about helping the most undesirable black people. And so I started it for that purpose. And I used the funds to sometimes, you know, purchase things that are necessary to make the healing circle as impactful as it can be. Myself and Raven Morgan do. We do by hook or crook so we want to support the great work that you're doing we can do it by eating banana pudding yes you can. <laughs> okay Filthy wow what rich a, banana pudding. what a sacrifice uh how is <laughs> are you gonna say check right. on instagram yeah yeah <laughs> or tiktok both i'm not really active on tiktok but instagram mostly filthy it's, rich banana pudding okay F, spelled the correct way not the ghetto P H F I L T H Y F I L T H Y R I C H B A N A N A P U D D I N G. No underscores or anything. And we can order Lincoln Bio type situation. Yes. Well, you can order. I'm I'm at a cloud kitchen in Long Beach. I'm at 
Um, it's called Daisy Diner. I'm at Jazzy's Kitchen in Hollywood. Shout out to Jazzy. And yeah, and then I sell myself in person on the weekends. Okay. So you got a lot going on. Too much. Too much, yeah. <laughs> like most people that are uh, making a difference, right. you got too much going on. But, I, you know, so check in at one of those. What was what was the first one you said? Uh, you said Daisy Diner, Daisy Jazzy's Diner. Kitchen, mm-hmm. and then McLeod. The Cloud Kitchen is the Daisy Cloud Diner. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right, and then look look for and you on IG. And if you're in Long Beach, they can order on Grubhub, DoorDash, Uber Eats, Postmates. What? Okay. Mm-hmm. And that supports the work that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Also, it's from what everyone's talking I about, it's really good. Oh, no. <laughs> Thank you. That's very kind of you. Um, so what? how do you assess where we are right now in L.A. as a city? You know, I hear so much about... You hear so much about violence, right, in the the mainstream media, community violence, and there's a lot of fear-mongering. I know the pandemic created some Mm -hmm. stress, tension, um, and economic pressure on families. How do you see where we are right now? I try, first and foremost, I try to, and one thing that we learned in the facilitation that Dr. Grills teaches us is to focus on um, the from the me to the we. And so I focus a lot on myself as far as being a good example, how I respond to things now versus how I used to. And because I had a cold put my hands on people problem. <laughs> and um, I've worked on that, though, you know. And so I, I focus on myself, how I respond to things. And like I said, being an example so I don't focus outside of, you know, what it is that I'm aiming to do. I do have a respect for the reality of black people that it can be very dangerous and, you know, all types of messed up. But I can't focus there because it would dis- distract me from the fact that I want to show our people that we can create our own reality. So I don't pay attention to the upticks of violence, first of all, um, media lies before jesus get the news (laughs) you know based on where they want um people's attention and actions to go you know so a lot of the times when they're reporting things as gang violence i know that you know just from being in the streets and connected to who you see on the news from being a gang member i know that it's personal it was not even um, gang related but if it's a in a gang area or if one of the parties involved is gang involved they you know they just create these narratives to um continue to have people validate what does happen to black gang members and you know um as far as the punitive measures it's like they 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 just really tame you know how we're looked at yeah that's so true i mean i've seen it as a for being on the news side too, two people arguing over a man or a woman or whatever because they're in a certain community now it's gang related. Mm-hmm. That's called a love triangle, you know. That's <laughs> it's what that's an entanglement. called. Right, an entanglement. <laughs> that's what y'all call. Yeah, that's an entanglement. Um, 
I also, you know, have, I also object to the way mainstream media will say the person was a gang member as if that means it's okay that they were shot and killed like that. The person was a human being. But honestly, I feel like we in large part, the people who are against quote unquote against, you know, things happening to black people, regardless to where, um, what their background is. I feel like we, we play into that when we are using languages like, and he was a college student and emphasizing he was a good. Right. Like he was a good N word as opposed to. I was just about to say a good N word. Yeah. Yeah. He he wasn't even, you know, out there. Right. Right. You know, uh, neglecting the, the truth about why anybody is out there in the first place. That's true. And also I feel like when we do that, we give a pass to people to murder Absolutely. and harass people, black people who aren't perfect. Absolutely. So it's like we're sending the message to our children. If you're not perfect, you can be killed on right. site. What right. message is that? If they decide that you're not perfect. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that nobody's nobody's perfect. But that's why I believe that the healing circle is so important. And it's important for people with lived experience not only people with lived experience, but people with lived experience who have multiplied their experience by education, educating themselves on ways to implement impactful um, programs and projects. You know, um, because policing ain't it. When you talk about when you say policing ain't it, you're talking about community Just safety. Pu- I'm talking about community safety. And when I think about community safety, I think about quality of life you know for black people and i just so happen to include black gang members who people validate them not having quality of lives i include them in that because i know the causation of gangs you know and people because things happened even just in the 70s people feel like um it can't be used as an excuse anymore um as though it's not um still you know, maybe a, a less seen or a more hidden version of that. You know, they just want you to forget. Like, how can you forget how and why gangs exist? They but that only applies to black people. Because if, if you look at any other community, what happened in the 70s, the 30s, the 40s. Oh, it's is, very is relevant. Rele- very relevant. It's only us that are supposed to get over something in five or ten years. Just the same as um, people. Yeah, people just have. We I, I say this any interview I do that people are trained to not have compassion for black people. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. And so part of what it sounds like part of what you're doing is with the healing circles is helping us back to compassion for ourselves. Right. Unconditioning. Decolonizing. <laughs> yeah. When you talk about childhood trauma or conditioning or colonizing, mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure you had your share of childhood trauma. Oh, yeah. I mean, I grew up in my hood. My my grandfather and my uncle, my grandfather, Lawrence Albert, he had a dry cleaners in my hood on 28th and Montclair over there off Crenshaw and Adams in the city stones. And so all me and my cousins, we little city stone babies. And he owned the dry cleaners with my uncle, who is Bernard Parks. And, you know, I'm I'm positive that they didn't initially intend for us to grow up 
in a high crime area, <laughs> you know, but it it happened. But, yeah, I've witnessed shit that ooh, I've witnessed stuff that <laughs> I'm sorry. It happens. Stuff that, um, you know, adults have not witnessed things that a, a veteran didn't witness until a, a, until an adult I witnessed as a little kid. I knew what the inside of a brain, a head looked like by the time I was 10. Mm. So um, when we come forward, I want to talk about how we overcome that, how you specifically mm-hmm. have been able to overcome that. That's well, serious business. Right. It is. I think that it's not about, um, I mean, it's it's hard to overcome it when it's a consistent thing that right. happens. Right. But I think that, I, you know, what is the saying where they say, if you want to go far, go alone. And if you want to go, no, if you want to go fast, go alone. And if you want to go far, go together. So I feel like in the healing circle, we all talking to people who can relate. It's it's different. What, what we do in the healing circle also is. I feel like it's a plethora of black people and people don't understand that even coming from the same area. Mm. Different people have different points of view, different perceptions. We talk a lot about perception, how it is created and, you know, um, not blanketing, you know, black people. But overall, we have a general understanding for each other and that helps people to deal and resolve unresolved trauma. Talking with Latanya Ward, when we come forward, I want to talk about the piece you mentioned right at the top, which is, you know, the jobs piece mm-hmm. uh, and, and what role that plays in overcoming the scenarios or, or cr- creating our own realities. Let's put it that way. It's KBLA Talk 1580. A safe place to go loud. loud, loud. A great place for progressive politics. KBLA Talk 1580. Twin. This is KBLA Talk 1580, where hate loses and love wins. We're talking with Latanya Ward, and you are a hot topic inside the YouTube chats. I see a lot of uh, love. I don't see a lot of questions. I see a lot of people uh, showing love. If you want to, you know, join the Healing Circle, you can go at uh, Gut Healing Circle on Instagram. You can go at Filthy Rich Banana Pudding to support this woman's business, which also supports the um, the work you're doing. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and it's so it's just it was a way for me to stay engaged to community. I started out selling in Lamert Park in um, twenty fourteen, and yeah, I just off and on did it. And then when I saw that <laughs> I wasn't making a lot of money, I started doing it. And then when I when I did the Nipsey inspired Peace March, all of those people funneled over into supporting me. Uh, yeah, we'll see. People are quoting you. A lot of people are quoting you. One man says you're fine as hell. <laughs> uh, you got a lot of love in the chat right now. And, uh, well, two things I want to talk about. You said we were talking about trauma, conditioning, and how we change our mindset. We change mm-hmm. our lives mm-hmm. um, in that fellowship that is created in those those healing circles. And everybody that I know that does this work, just like you have done, says we have to start with ourselves. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? How do you feel you, Latanya Ward? Um, I feel as though I have lived multiple lives in one. Yeah. 
And I think that if a person is doing it right, that's what will happen, that you will be different people. I'm constantly hatching out of my shell and discovering that, you know, based on how I feel about myself, the world look different. Mm. When you talk about decolonizing, I mean, you're talking about decolonizing our mind, our thoughts, our habits, our self-image. What does it take to do that? Being surrounded by people who will help you check for your blind spots, constant revision, never believing that I'll reach a place of being unteachable and (laughs) knowing that this condition that we speak of systemically, um, it taints us spiritually. And for that reason alone, I take it very serious and I try to, you know, like I said, constantly search um, for my own blind spots. And the healing circle is a space that does not allow me to avoid, you know, blind spots. Blind spots can be very evasive and, you know, we can get affirmed so much that we believe we have risen beyond just for instance anti-blackness and you know I'm not above anti-blackness if this conditioning in this system that I'm speaking of is real right the self-hate that we experience the self-hate yeah 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 I love that though about surrounding yourself with people who are helping you to find those blind spots that's that's kind of deep mm-hmm well, let's talk about the jobs piece. Um, you said now recently job development. And that is that because it's it becomes more and more obvious the role that, that you know, jobs, careers, opportunities have. What, you know, what is that piece for you of the puzzle? We, we try. I mean, I want to eventually, good, I want us to offer assistance with housing. So one of the things that people bring up is financial instability so we have partnered with the hatch program over at pv jobs and we funnel people who refer we refer (laughs) black gang members and system impacted people mainly um into their construction and cannabis program so the the thing about that also is that black people's a lot of black people's healing um should be focusing on financial stability because a lot of our harm historically does. So we're just, I mean, it's still a part of the healing process and us assisting people with that. I mean, to me, it's hard to, it's really difficult to do the work. People do it, but it's difficult to do the work on, on oneself. Let me speak for me. It's hard for me to work on myself when I'm not sure how I'm going to pay my light bill mm-hmm. or how I'm going to if if I'm going to be able to buy deodorant. <laughs> right. Or feed my kid or keep mm-hmm. that roof over my head. I think, um, you know, it's not the only part of the of the puzzle, but to me, it's a big part of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember when we did a summer of success mm-hmm. in Baldwin Village, the idea that uh, then. Uh, community coalition leader Karen Bass said was if we gave our children all the things that middle class children have 
let's start there and see what how much of a difference that makes. Mm-hmm. Joy, and that's the exposure that I was talking about. It doesn't necessarily have to be a tangible thing. Just the joy that you see in the kids' face at Summer Night Lights now, SNL now, since Summer of Success. But yeah, that's a that's a thing. <laughs> I mean, that, but that was also a gift to the world from uh from Baldwin Village really mm-hmm. because from Shell Dog. Yeah, Shell Dog and um T Rogers was mm-hmm. part of that. Uh Bo Taylor was part of that. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, for sure Shell Dog. Mm-hmm. Day in, day out, on the ground, doing the work. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um and I it's it's part of what I started off when I was saying sometimes I think we the broader city of Los Angeles don't understand the contributions of people doing the work like yourself and how it's changed the whole city landscape. Yeah. And regardless to if the crime rate or the murder rate has gone down to a satisfying number to anyone to provoke the thoughts that, you know, doing the peace march or creating summer night light, summer of success um, has like, you can't even track that. It's, you know, they won't track that. Right. So when you talk about the Peace March and you're talking about the one you did inspired by Nipsey, um, and those hundreds of individuals came together from many communities, mm-hmm. is there a is there a legacy of that that's still lasting? I believe so. I believe that you know a lot of people elevated as entrepreneurs. You know, first of all, as an entrepreneur, it's no way to keep a lot of the old behaviors that aren't conducive with elevating, you know, so that alone will grow you up. But the healing circle is to show people that, you know, about, oh, my stomach is growling, to show people that theory of mind, you know, can have you back backslide on old ways of being if you don't understand about, you know, reshaping your belief system. You know, so but I do believe that a lot of people elevated mentally, spiritually um, after his murder. I do. And I totally rolled the wave of that. I don't even understand how people could, you know, look at that as a bad thing. Yeah, I rolled the wave of his death because it was a time to, you know, share in awakening. (laughs) It was the perfect time. Somebody who came from this, um, you know, get into the level that he did. And, you know, not just as a rapper, but just as a human. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, congratulations to you on the work that you're doing. I'll, you know, mm-hmm. definitely want to continue to um, talk with you. And, and I hope that the community really shows up, continues to show up to support the work that you're doing. Thank you. Yeah. Latanya Ward, thank you for coming in. Thank you. Go for to Instagram. Me. Go to Instagram at Filthy Rich Banana Pudding at Gut Healing Circle. And the nonprofit, follow us at Warfo at W A R F O A. And you can go to the website, www.warfoa.org, to apply for jobs. Mm, good stuff. Latanya Ward, appreciate you.